you know, it's crazy. Uh, our attention spans, uh, they seem to be even be getting shorter and shorter and shorter. So there's, there's all this, this, this madness that goes on, but it's really important that we uh, remember some things. And as we dive into 2020, uh, we need to remember who God is, what he's done, because the enemy tends to come in and in those, in those places where we don't hold on to God's truths, um, he wants to come in and he wants to mess with us. And so it's, it's, it's important that we do certain things to remember God's promises. So um, let's, let's hear about what God has to say in his word um, to, uh, to remind us of how important it is that we remember what he has for us. So if you guys want to open uh, your Bibles, uh, your, your, your phone apps, your Bible app, whatever it is that you have, or if you just want to trust um, what the words people are going to put up on the screen, then it's up to you. All right, here we go. So um, as we dive here, we're in the, in the book of Isaiah. So for those of you who don't know, right, and you do because you guys are young adults and you're scholars and I'm just preaching to the choir. But hey, if you're new here, um, we've got this thing called the Bible and it's 66 books. And um, these books were written, uh, they were inspired uh, by God. And we believe uh, there's, a, there's a set of books in the Old Testament and a set of books in the New Testament. And the Old Testament is a story of uh, God's people. And it starts in the book of Genesis. And it talks about, like, you know, how God created the heavens and the earth and how he made you and how it was, it was, uh, it, there was a plan and there was a purpose. And we go through all the different books. And, and, and so we end up with, uh, you know, we talked about the minor prophets and the major prophets. And it's not about that, the, that they're little, like little, little minor prophets. Um, it's it's the size of the book, okay? So it's not it's not the actual prophet. They weren't tall or short, little 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 prophets. Um, it, it has to do with the size of the book. And so um, here we are in the book of Isaiah, and uh, God is giving some promises. Um, he he is he's he's sharing some truth um, with us. And so we're going to dive into this. Uh, if you guys want to read along with me. Um, I'll read on the screen so that I match up with what I have. All right, here we go. Isaiah 42, 9, 10 says, See, the former things have taken place. Okay, so the former things have taken place, and the new things I declare before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise from the ends of the earth, you who go down to the sea and all that is in it, you islands and all who live in them. And so um, this verse kind of popped out at me because uh, there's some, some, some cool things that God is saying here. So obviously he's directing his words to God's nation. And uh, there's something that had just happened to them um, as, they had, as they had gone through some crazy things. They had been enslaved and God had promised them for years and years and years and years that it had been this promise, this promise that... God was going to deliver them, right? And so um, we hear and we read the stories of Moses, right? And so him being called um, after this crazy stuff that happens in his life, and he goes out into the desert, and it's just a mess of a life, right? And then um, all of a sudden he, he, he comes up to this burning bush, right? This burning bush and fire is going on and God's speaking to him and all of a sudden there's this promise that God gives Moses and he tells him, you're going to, you're going to set my people free, right? So then he goes off, he goes up to Pharaoh and he goes back and forth. At first he's like, no, I don't want to. I stutter. I've got all this stuff messed up. 
Um, I'm not the one to do it. Have this person do it. And the God says, nope, 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 nope. You're my guy. You're my guy. So then um, the Jewish people and the, the, the Jewish nation, they go through all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, um, they, they end up with this promise that actually came true. And so that's, that's, that's what God is saying uh, there. It says, see the former things that have taken place. And so not only is God saying and kind of reminding us and saying, hey, listen, listen to what, to what I have done. I took you guys out of slavery. I set you free. Listen to, to, to what I've done. And then listen to the fact that there's more to come. So see that the former things have taken place and new things I declare before they spring into being. So in a sense... As we take God's word and we, we, we read it and you're like, well, how do I apply that to me? Well, God has brought you, and I'm assuming for the most part that we, we are all uh, believers here, um, grew up in the church maybe even, or were young Christians. And if you're not, if you're seeking and you're trying to figure out this Jesus thing, that's awesome, man. I'm gl so glad that you're here um, and that you're asking the questions. And you're more than welcome to hang out. This is a great place to figure out what you believe about God. But for us as believers, um, we, can take, we can take the story of the Old Testament, and in essence, there's a reflection there. You know, as, as the Jewish nation was freed from slavery, so have we been freed from our sin, right? So, so, so God has taken us from Egypt. Egypt could be our sinful nature. Egypt could be our flesh, and he takes us and he delivers us. Right? So there's a promise there. Um, God has taken us from our old ways. Right? He has revealed to us our sin, where we were captive. When we, when we sing, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Fear, you know, is just missing the mark. All the different things that keep us from God can be considered um, some sort of sin. It doesn't have to be a horrible, evil thing. Sin is missing the mark. And so we have been freed from that in Christ, right? And so that's also a promise that, that, that the prophet is, is reminding them, that God is reminding them um, through the prophet. Dang it, man. I don't know why with the lights and everything, my, my uh, face ID doesn't recognize. Oh, there you go. Okay. It forgets who I am. All right. Um, so let's go back. See, the former things have taken place and new things I declare before they spring into being, I announce them to you. I have saved you. Whether it be in the Old Testament or now, God has saved us. And yet, there's more to come. Right? There's more to come. And even before they spring into action and those things that happen, I have already said them. So... <laughs> there's this thing that my dad used to do, and I do with my boys, uh, which is, I don't know, whatever, it's like a family thing. Um, so when I was a little kid, we'd be driving, and uh, we'd come up to, uh, to, a stop, to a stoplight, and it'd be a red light, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, my dad would, like, he'd be waiting, and he'd be like, hey, Moy, watch this, and he'd go, one, two, three, and then the light would turn green. 
And I thought it was like the coolest thing, right? And so we, 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 every stoplight, and we, at, at some point, we couldn't even wait, you know, to be like, all right, Dad, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And, um, and so then that's something now that I do with my boys, you know. So we come to stop stoplight. The only time it'll, it'll, it'll get you, uh, you know, it'll jack you up and stuff is when, when um, it's not like, it's a little more complex of a light. But there's a trick to it. So the thing is, is the, the, the street lights are on a timer, right? So when you come to, and you guys should try it tonight, it's fun. Um, I don't know, maybe everybody does it, maybe not, I don't know, but it was a family thing for me. Um, but you come, to the, you come to the stoplight, you look at the red light, because you've got a red light there, but then you, you look at the, the other lights in your peripheral vision, the, the cars that are coming this way, and when that light turns yellow, okay, if you time it just right, you say one, two, three, and then the light turns green. And so we used to think it was like the most amazing thing, and my dad had like magical powers, right? Um, what, the, what, the, what the writer here is talking about in the second part this, it, where it says, before they spring into being, I announce them to you. These are the promises. These are the good things that God wants to do in our lives before they spring. And so um, in essence, you could take a, this image and you could look at it this way, right? God, God has this ability to know and to see and to create what we don't. So I, I don't know where you are in your life, how you are uh, feeling about 2020, um, what 2019 was like, whatever it is. But imagine that we are these little kids in the car, right? And, and God knows when the light is going to turn green. And he's not using trickery or whatever, all that stuff. Like, he actually does know, you know? And, and this is what, what, what he's saying. And uh, the word spring is like, um, they use this word like uh, germinate. Okay, so before, before, it, before it comes to life, before it, this promise, this, this thing that I have for you, before it comes to life, I have, I have said it. I'm saying it before it comes to life. That's different, actually. See, my dad was just playing a, a, a math game. He calculated things. And in life, sometimes people come, will come at you, and they give you wisdom, and they give you truth, and they give you advice, and they tell you all these things that you should do and why you should do them and why you shouldn't do them. And they're just calculated little things. When it comes to God's word, when it comes to the fullness of who God is, he's, he's not just timing a light. He's speaking truth before it's going to happen, before it's birthed. And there's something really cool and beautiful about that. There's, uh, there's some more scripture that I want to read. Um, it's uh, Isaiah uh, 43. 18 through 19, and it says, it says, forget the former things and don't dwell on the past. See, I'm going to do a new thing. Now it's, it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a new way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. That's another promise that God is giving us. Uh, I think it's important to, uh, you guys ever heard of that, the, the, the confession of sins, right? There's this concept, there's this thing that we do as believers and we confess our sins. And what does the word say? It says that we are to confess our sins to God and to everybody at church. Nope. 
It doesn't say that. It says to another, right? To another. And so um, why, though? There's power in confession. There's power in forgiveness. So who, who, who gives forgiveness when you confess? Who, who, who forgives you? Ultimately, Jesus, right? So, because we believe that God gave his son, that his son came down to earth, that he died on the cross, that he gave his life, and that his sacrifice, his bloodshed, gives us what? It gives us forgiveness. It gives us salvation. It gives us all these amazing things, right? Um, the gift of salvation. And so sometimes you could say, well, okay, well, cool. I know what I've done, and God knows what I've done. Why do I got to go share it with somebody, to somebody else? You know? Well, first of all, because the word says that you confess your sins to God and then you confess to another. But I've got this theory that there's power in confessing to another, not because the other has the power to forgive, but because confessing to another allows you to establish the ability not to forget. See, there's been many times in my life when I have these, especially growing up a pastor's kid and growing up in the church, it's almost like it's different, right? When you, when you, when you don't have religion, in a sense, and you've just lived your life the way you live your life, and then all of a sudden you come to a knowledge and a newness in Christ, it's like a, you almost can see it like a 180. Like, I used to be bad. I used to be wretched. I was a boom, 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 boom. And then all of a sudden, bam, you could see it in the timeline where it changes. When you grew up in the church, <laughs> it's, uh, <clears throat> it's a little different, right? Because I remember having, like, God moments as a kid. I remember uh, growing up in the church and, like, uh, listening to worship and, and being part of worship and, like, having these, like, super powerful spiritual moments with God. And then having these little places and spots in my life, these secret things. And some of you guys have heard my story before, but for those of you who haven't, like, I'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, right? So at five years old, a 14-year-old girl took me into another room, opened my eyes to things no five-year-old should ever be exposed to. I decided that if I told somebody, it would be, I would get in trouble, and I didn't want to get in trouble. And so I held it on, onto that as a secret. I didn't tell anybody. And I can honestly tell you that throughout my Christian life, Holding on to those secrets, the enemy used that to attack me, to tell me and tempt me and do things that I found myself doing over and over and over again. And it wasn't until I came to a place, and I was much older, I was 25 years old the first time I ever shared with anybody what had happened. There was power in that. There was power when I confessed it to God. There was power and forgiveness for me when I confessed it to God. 
there was an opportunity for me to walk to a place and get to a place where I could eventually forgive the person that had done that to me. But confessing it gave some sort of a power for me to, to know that, that it had happened. See, um, we hang out Friday nights here at Celebrate Recovery, and we deal with all kinds of stuff. We call it hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And there's people that, that, that deal with, like, drugs and alcohol, and there's people that deal with anxiety and depression um, and anger and uh, survivors of uh, childhood sexual abuse and um, all kinds of things. It's a huge, wide spectrum. And one of the things that we do in CR is we share our testimony. We share our testimony, and we share it with others. And there's, there's power in that. Why? Because once you share it, it's there, and it helps you remember for when the enemy comes, and he tempts and he attacks, and we can grab a hold of even something as simple as our testimony and say, no, that's not who I am. I know I'm being tempted to do that, but I'm, I'm not going to because I've confessed it I know, I know that the enemy's coming at me and telling me that I'm not worth anything. I know that the enemy's com coming at me and telling me that I should have guilt, that I should have shame for the things that I've done. And sometimes we, we believe that. Sometimes I go throughout my week believing the lies that the enemy's throwing at me as I'm walking and living through life. And I let my anger take a hold of me and I forget that God has bigger and better things for me I forget that God has paid so much already for me I forget those beautiful amazing promises that God has given me and I think that's that's what that's what the that's what Isaiah is trying to uh to remind them here of, of that. And he says, forget the former things and don't dwell on the past. For I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you feel it? Do you feel it? I'm making a way in the wilderness. And I'm making streams streams in the wasteland. So when life is crappy, <laughs> when the way is crappy, when it seems crappy, when tomorrow seems crappy, God's making a stream in the crappy, a good one, a clean one, a better one. He's making a way in the wilderness. What's the wilderness? What's, what's the wilderness for, for an 18 to 30-ish young adult? Huh? Singleness? I don't know. Um, yeah, we used to, we used to, we used to do the, talk about that in college. This is extra. But um, when, when we were in college and, and, uh, and you'd break up, you know, with someone in the, in the Christian circles uh, over at Cal Baptist, um, you know, and then you wanted to get back together with that person because not because it was the right thing to do, but because you were just lonely. You know, the thing to say was always, bro, 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 don't go back to Egypt. 
you know, you were a slave and you got freed and you want to go back to Egypt. Don't go back to Egypt, you know. And so we would have to like remind each other, you know, as we walked through life and we knew that that, that you know, we had gone there and we whatever, but the relationship didn't work out. And then in the moments when you get lonely and you don't know what to do and you want to go back to Egypt because what did the slave say? Well, at least when I was a slave, I had food to eat. And at least I had whatever. So at least, at least when I was in that relationship, at least, you know, I got, I got some cuddle time and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And you start negotiating with, with, with God about how, how much better it would be. But you need to, you need to not, don't go back to Egypt. Okay? And there was, there was a song that Keith Green sings. Have you guys ever heard that song? Look it up on iTunes. It's like super old, but the guy's like, so you want to go back to Egypt? It's pretty cool. But anyway, um, don't. Don't go back to Egypt because God will provide a way in the wilderness. God's going to provide a way in the wilderness. Um, next verse is 2 Samuel 7, 25 through 27. And it goes like this. This is, uh, this is David having a moment with God. And it, it goes like this. And now, Lord God, keep forever the promise that you have made concerning your servant and his house. Do as you promised. Okay, so that's one of God's promises. So that your name will be great forever. Woo! David was kind of ballsy. But he's teaching us how to, how to pray. He's teaching us how to come before God as children of God. We get to remind God of what the things that he said. Do as you promise so that your name will be great forever. Then the people will say, the Lord Almighty is God over Israel, and the house of your servant David will be established in your sight. Lord Almighty, God of Israel, you have revealed this to your servant, saying, I will build a house for you. So your servant has found courage. Listen to this. Your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. So what, what do we get to learn from David here tonight? Another way not to forget God's promises, right? Because we have a short attention span because we have a, a crazy, insane, no good memory. And the enemy will use that is in our prayer life. So in the moments when we come before God and we pray, we are to pray to remind God of the promises that he's given us. I've got, I've got a, a couple uh, pictures I want to show you guys. Um, let's see. Let me see if I can. Yeah, just go for it. There you go. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so that's, that's me and Laura Lynn. And that's, that's my, pro oh, no, 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 go back, stay, stay where you're at. There you go, that, that's me and Laura Lynn. Um, look at that neck on me, man. That was a solid neck. That, that neck could rep 295 10 times um, with one hand, no, two hands. Um, and, and finally, finally, after, after years and not years, because we, we got married young and stuff, but like I was in the wilderness. Okay, I get it. I understand. I walked through the desert of singleness. 
And finally, God delivered my promised land to me, okay? Her name is Laura Lynn. And, um, and we, ended up, we, ended up, we ended up going on a missions trip. And some of you guys have heard this story before. And we ended up uh, in the little town of uh, Ecuador. Well, the country of Ecuador, a little town, which is not so little. It's like 11,000 feet altitude, the city of Quito. And in the city of Quito was this, this mission house. It was a Baptist mission house. And so we were, we were in Ecuador for about a month plus. And so what we would do is we would go to the mission house, and you could take a shower. And then from there, they would send us out to our assignments. And so we would go from, from the capital city to the coast. And it would always be like a 10-hour bus ride, the most disgusting dirtiest, stinky, smelly buses with chickens and like what, and you had to hang for 10 hours. And my only consolation was that I got to sit, I got to sit next to Laura then most of the time. And, uh, and we, you know, we would just hold hands. That's it. But man, when you're just holding hands, some crazy stuff can happen with some hold handing, just the hold handing by itself. It's a powerful thing. Um, when you've decided to, uh, to, to just, you know, cause Remember I told you, remember, you guys remember this when she, when she told me, I, I love you too, but you're not going to kiss me until you put a ring on my finger. So that was, that was part of that. So now we end up going on this missions trip and I just, I just want to kiss her so bad, but I, I'm not ready to put a, a, a finger on that ring. No, a ring on the finger. Um, and so, uh, so all we're doing is holding hands. That's all we're doing. And, um, and in the process of, of, of being there, um, God begins to do some powerful, powerful things in me in Lori Lynn, in our relationship, and then personally. And so, um, actually, that next picture that you have, I want you to skip it, and then I want you to, to keep going. Yep, there you go, that one. So that's, that's the mission house there. And that was, that was some, of the, some of the college students and crew that, that we went with. And um, we had some, some pretty amazing things. So we would, we would go to the, to the, to the um, coast, Spend a couple days there, all stinky and sweaty, no shower. And then we'd take the bus ride over again. So by the time we, we came back, it was like six days of just stink. And, um, you know, I was like, man, if I, could, if, I could, if I could do this and put up with, with Lori Lynn's stink, like now I know I can do it for the rest of my life. No. Um, so we saw the worst, the sweatiest, the stinkiest of each other, the whole deal, and I still loved her. And she still loved me, so that's good. Um, but we would come back to the mission house. We'd shower. We'd get ready and then go to uh, the jungle. And the jungle is coca. Um, and then the jungle, you know, we would, we, would, we would go out. We would share the gospel. We would do this. We would do that. Then we would come back to the mission house. And there was this, this one night that we were at the mission house and we're just worshiping. Um, it's probably like the setting is probably like the front row here. It's just a bunch of couches and some tables, and we begin to worship, and I begin to hear God's voice, and I begin to hear his promises, and we begin to pray over each other and, and, and reveal these truths, and man, it's the craziest thing. I was thinking about it this week, and I get emotional even thinking about it, but back then, like I was a late bloomer. I didn't decide I wanted to, to, to sing or do music till like right around then, um, and I, I, I hadn't done anything with music. I hadn't done anything with music. 
And I used to play these, these, little, these little bongos. <laughs> that's, that's all I knew how to do. I would play the bongos. And, um, and I remember God promising some pretty powerful things back then. This is 1997. And I remember him promising that he was going to do something powerful and that he was going to use me to bring people to his kingdom. And I remember having a thought, an idea of the Holy Spirit speaking and saying, it's going to be through music. And it's going to be through you sharing your story. You ever, you ever have those thoughts and then you go back and forth and you're like, no, no, that was just in my head. There's things that God has promised you. There's things that, 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 that you have, have gone through if, if, as you're going through life. And then all of a sudden, the sweet, sweet spirit of the Holy, Holy Spirit, sound of the Holy Spirit, gives you a promise. You sit down, you read God's word, and you say, that's for me. And then the enemy comes along and wants to destroy that. Wants to make you feel like it, 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 it's not true. Can you scroll back up two photos? There we go. All right. Sorry, I'm getting emotional. Ten years later, after this Ecuador experience, we randomly show up back in Ecuador because there was this school that hired us to come out to do music. And in in the course of ten years, I went from like playing little bongos to recording two albums and doing hundreds and hundreds of camps and sharing the gospel to hundreds and hundreds of people. Actually, there was someone here tonight that hung out and did worship, and she reminds, uh, she remembers uh, running into to, to me when, when we were doing music and band in Calvary Chapel Downey. And she's like, I remember you back then, and you'd already whatever, whatever. So in the course of those 10 years, we got to do some really, 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 really cool things. And we end up in the city of Quito. We land in the airport we don't know where we're going. There's this school. They hired us. They paid us. Whatever. We're going to go out. We're going to do music. I'm like this wannabe rock star now. I'm all cool. Look at my hair. And, um, and, and I'm just there to, to, to play music and sell my CDs. And they drive us from the airport to the place we're going to be staying. And guess what? It's the Baptist Mission House. Ten years later. And I got to hang out with these kids. And these are city street kids that um, since then they had sold the house. And so they gave it to this other organization. And um, we got to hang out with them. And, and these, are, these, are, these are like literally like street kids that, um, that are orphans, that don't have parents, and that go out into the streets. And they hustle for, 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 for money or for food or for whatever, for whatever they, they can do. And then they come, you know, they somehow have like found them, and they house them in this, in this place. And I was able to hang out with them and love them and share God's love with them. 
and hand them like my recorded music. And it was crazy, like full circle in God's promise of just a little, 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 little itty bitty whisper that I had heard 10 years prior. I'm going to use you like this. And then all of a sudden, I find myself in this place. You, you can scroll through the rest of the pictures. Let me see what we've got. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's us. Look at that kid. He's got the blonde tips. You like that? It's funny. Keep going. Yep. That's me. That's Lori Lynn. Me and, the, me and Lori Lynn in the center there. And then a bunch of other kids, and that's our campus pastor. Keep going. Is that it? That's it. I want to um, leave us with this. And again, I don't know if any of this is making sense. Okay? Look. God's promise is in, is in his word. And his promises are general and they're personal. And we get both of them. And I think as we read through the book of Isaiah, it reminds us that he was making a point to remind God's people, hey, I took you from slavery and I gave you freedom and there's more to come. And what he was talking about was the Messiah because the Messiah, Jesus, had not come yet. And so then he's promising them that. And he says, and new things are going to come. And so as we dive into 2020, the same thing, I think God's word is alive 2,000 years ago. It's alive today, and it'll be alive into eternity. And so as we read that today, how does that, what does that mean for us today? It means God knows when the light is going to turn green before the light was ever even invented, and he has promised us some powerful things, general and personal. But we have to remember them, because if we don't remember them, when the enemy comes to attack, we'll have nothing to show for. Dozens of times in that 10-year span, the enemy came at me, and told me I was nothing. And it was only in the moments when I remembered that, yeah, maybe I was nothing by myself. But with God and his promises, God would do something. And then you're able to look back and see how, how God has brought you through and out of the wilderness. There's, um, there's one story... I want to end with to, to remind you guys of, uh, of how important it is not, not to forget things. And, and how do we remember God's promises? What do we say? By confessing to God and to others and by sharing our stories and by reading his word and by praying back his word to him. And uh, one of the easiest ways to to remember things is, is, is through a story. I want to tell you guys a story. Um, there's a story of a, of, a, of a young kid. He was five years old, and he, he got a diagnosed with a, a terminal, um, I guess what we call it, like illness. And um, his family 
uh, gathered together with him, and they, they, they came together, and they said, hey, uh, you've been in the hospital now for a year, and he was, you know, he was, he got all these, like, stuff, like, attached to him, and, and um, he had the, the IV, and, and, and he had, like, all this stuff just in the hospital, um, and they're waiting for, for him to die, and then, but he didn't die, and so he's going to turn six years old, and they tell him, like, what, what do you want for your birthday? And he looks at them, and he's like, I want a box and a pink ping pong ball. Okay? So the mom and dad are like, but, all right, I mean, you, you could have anything. You, why do you want a pink ping pong ball? Is that four Ps? Ping pong ball. Oh, Paul, no, ball. Pink ping pong. Pink ping pong. Three, three Ps. Ball. Three Ps and a B. <laughs> so whatever. Parents are like, all right, whatever you want, man. If that's what you want, cool. Get it. Uh, so his birthday comes along, and they all gather or whatever, and they give him the box, and the, there's a pink ping pong ball in there. And he, he, um, he opens it up, and he, and he looks at it. And, and so then the parents are like, fine, like, all right, all right, mijo. I don't know why I just made them a Hispanic family. Um, uh, what's up with the pink ping pong ball thing? And he's like, oh, yeah, um, I'll tell you next year. So then, all right, cool. So then, you know, years and years and years, and the, and the, and the kid ends up not dying, and like, it's been like 30, 30 years, and every year they come to him and they're like, oh, what do you want for your birthday? And he's like, I just want another pink ping pong ball. And so he's just, he's just putting these pink ping pong balls into, into this box year after year after year. And so it just could kind of become like this tradition thing, and he's in the hospital the whole time. And so finally, like, I mean, it ends up being like 30, 40 years. His parents pass away, but his parents had had, had, had other kids, and those kids had had kids. So now it's like his nieces and nephews that are taking care of him. And, um, and then uh, he finally, like, he turns, like, I don't know, like, I got to do my math right. It had been, like, like, more, like, 50 or 60 years. And so um, he, ends up, he ends up telling them, like, okay, the year I turn 65, the year I turn 65, I'm finally, finally going to um, tell you guys uh, why. Like, there's, there's a reason. There's a purpose to this. And so... Um, they end up, you know, getting together for the 65th birthday, and they sing happy birthday to him, and then they bring out the, the, the 60th, because he was five, right? So the 60th uh, uh, pink ping pong ball, and they give it to him. And right as he's going to tell them why, he instantly ends up getting Alzheimer's. And so then forgot, and he was like, I... I, I I, I don't remember. And so then, but like sometimes like people have like their like, they come back. So then he came back. And so then they gathered everybody again. They gathered everybody again. And like he remembered, he remembered, he remembered. Cool. And then like finally he's going to tell them again. And then he dies. I've never gotten that reaction from that story. <laughs> Don't you guys want to know why he wanted the pink pink pong balls? Yeah, okay, we'll never know. We'll never know, but listen, hopefully, hopefully, you'll never forget 
the day that I told the most stupidest story to remind you not to forget the things that God has promised you regardless of what anything comes at you as the enemy attacks you, whatever. It's so important that we remember what God has done in our lives so that we can move forward with what he wants to do this next year. So, if there's sin in your life, Holding on to it as a secret is, is the biggest weapon that you can give the enemy. So what do we do? We confess it. We share it. God is speaking to you right now and telling you he wants to do a new thing in your heart. What do you do? You, you hold on to it? No. You share it. You dive into God's word and you read his promises. I've got, I've got another scripture here I want to end with. Um, you guys hate me. That was a lame story, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's Proverbs 22, 6. I didn't give it to you guys. Sorry. It says, train up, train up the child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Is that a promise from God? There's a lot of us that grew up in the church. There's a lot of us that sometimes allow the enemy to confuse us. And we're not living the way that we should, we should be living. But we need to hold on to this promise. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from you. God's just waiting for us to remind him of what he has promised us. He's waiting for you to get on your knees and remind him, God, you told me that you would take care of me when I'm in the wilderness. God, you told me that you would provide a way when it's crappy. God, you told me that you will not leave me. And I hold on to that because that's what your scripture says. And I will repray your words to you like David did. How powerful of a young adult community we would be if that's where we end up spending our time and we let go of all the drama and we let go of all the junk that the enemy wants to confuse us with. Do you know that, that attention span has shortened since social media and mobile phones? We used to have an attention span of like 12 to 15 seconds. Since mobile phones came out and the whole deal, we have an attention span of eight seconds. And it's getting shorter and shorter every day. And they've done some research and some polls and they've asked millennials and younger people what goes through their mind when there's silence. And the first thing that comes to their mind is, I got to pick up my phone. I don't know what to do without the noise. And they ask the older people, and it, it, they, they do other things, but anyway, that's for another night. 
Let's not, let's not lose that. Let's remember. Remember that it's good to remember God's word. Remember that it's good to confess. Remember that it's good to repray God's promises to him. Because God's going to do something powerful and amazing. So won't you guys bow your heads? And this is, this is kind of what I, what I want to do tonight. And I don't know if I'm way over time or whatever. But I, I, want you to, um, I want you to just close your eyes. And I want you to really quick, we're going to do a, a little exercise. And this is, uh, <laughs> is going to be powerful for some people, and it's going to be, you're not going to get it for others, and that's okay. I want you to picture Jesus and his hands, for whatever that means. And I want you to, uh, to imagine, and here, in the same way that when I say peanut butter and jelly, you think Smuckers and um, Jiffy, or when I say in and out double-double, you immediately see a picture of it in that way. That Jesus is, is, is putting his hands together. And as he's putting his hands together, he's creating you. And then he's placing you in your mother's womb. See, a lot of us cannot move forward because we don't even believe that we should exist. Because our parents may have said that we were a mistake. Jesus says that he will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He's got you. I want you to think about what you're holding on to and what you don't want anybody to know. And now I want you to take that and I want you to place it in Jesus' hands. And watch him take it and destroy it. Because that's what his word says that he does. There's no place that you've been, there's no thing you've done, there's nothing that you've ever experienced or anything that anyone else has done to you that is greater than what the price was and the beautiful thing that Jesus did on the cross. His blood covers all of it because Jesus changes everything. Now, lastly... I want you just to take a deep breath, and I want you to listen to see if God's promising you anything. It may be something he's already been promising you. It may be something that's new and fresh, and just listen to the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to use you. He wants to change you. He wants to make you new. He saved you. He forgave you. 
there's more. Father, we love you. We thank you so much. Thank you that even though uh, <laughs> I fall short, I mess up, I'm not the person I wish I was, in the midst of all that, you still use me. Thank you for your grace and thank you for your mercy. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you that it's not about me. And thank you that, that, that you're not done with me. And you're not done with anyone who's in this room here ready to walk in your path, ready to listen to your promises, ready to remember what you have done. Father, we love you. We come before you and, and we pray these things. And I pray, I pray that you would give the courage to people that they would go and they would share what you have promised with someone else. That they would confess their sins to you and to another. <laughs> and they would watch you do amazing things because that's what you do. We love you, Father. We thank you. And all of God's people said, amen. Awesome. Listen, guys, uh, some of you guys may be sitting there going, I don't know what he said, <laughs> but thank you for putting up with me. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me share these crazy thoughts, concepts that God was putting on my heart this week. Um, and then let's just, let's do this, man. God's got an amazing year set out for, for you guys. And, um, do you feel it? Huh? Do you feel it? God's going to do something powerful. Just personally for me, it's been amazing to see what God is doing. Okay? The last time I hung out with you guys, there was like 30 or 40 of us in that room. Okay? So God is already bringing promises into fruition. And, 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 and you guys are growing and God is using you. So I encourage you, don't stop. Don't stop. Let's keep it fresh. It's not about us. It's about him.